You can't be in this space unless you're passionate about something because people do their best work when they're really passionate about something. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on these two special episodes of the podcast recorded live on site in Minneapolis at Gary Vaynerchuk's first annual VCon conference, all things Web3 and NFTs on May 19th to 22nd. I recorded a ton of content and we did our best to put it into chronological order as well as to share two different sides of the event in the Web3 world. The first, this one, will focus on the artists and the business of NFTs. And the second, what VFriends is all about, told through the lens of my microphone, if that makes sense. We also sprinkled in some candid moments captured at the event to give you a real feel of the magic that was in the air. What's up, everybody? It is uh, almost 11 o'clock in the morning, central time here, touchdown in Minneapolis. This is Adam Posner reporting for the podcast here at VCon. Uh, luckily, Chris and I uh, checked in and our room is available, so we took the handicap accessible room. Uh, hopefully, no one needs it and they kick us out, but uh, Chris, uh, how was your flight? My flight was stellar. I got a lot of work done, Adam, and it was really important work to get done on the flight here. That's interesting. And I think you were telling me it was kind of funny that there was a lot of chit chatter on their NFT bro talk. What were you hearing there? Anything interesting? One guy bought 100 books and he bought a bunch of V friends. He sold them already. I'm like, why'd you do that? He's like, well, I wanted to, you know, get some money now. I think they're going to go a little lower later. Um, V1 or V2? Those are V2s. Um, And he was right. They did drop a little bit. They did drop it. I think they're going to pick up after this. So Chris and I are getting settled in here. We're going to go uh, over to the stadium in about five minutes, get our credentials, our passes. I'm heading to the uh, PR lunch with Gary V, and uh, we'll see what happens. Check in with you later. First stop after getting into town and settled as a press event with Gary at Fima's, a fantastic historical restaurant with great modern French Mediterranean fare. It was really good. And there's a unique, intimate experience with Gary and members of the press for some Q&A before the event even started. I also had a couple of minutes to catch up with him before the insanity started. So enjoy these two episodes. The world is not or, it's and. My favorite thing is people. And, and why I love digital, unlike a lot of people who are like, Digital's not real, you have to do it in person. I don't agree with that. I've built many relationships here through digital first as a gateway to then the physical. And so I believe in both. And so I definitely wanted to do a physical conference. We returned to the room after the press room. We're about to head to the block party kickoff, but we're delayed by an insane hailstorm with golf ball sized pellets. I swear to God, you got to take a look at my Instagram. The pictures are there. And after the skies cleared, the sun came out, the air warmed up, and it was almost perfect timing to start the event at the Commons. And it was really incredible that there was an excitement. You could feel it in the air the smell of food, the vendors, and the chatter of the attendees. I mean, there was like 5,000 people that converged, uh, and people lined up for Gary's autograph booth. I mean, I'm not even shitting you guys. The line was like a mile around through the middle of the event, but you felt it and you felt the energy and everyone was happy to be there and connecting around this ethos around V Friends. So in no particular order, we're kicking things off with some artist interviews where I got to catch up with the creators behind all of the NFT and Web3 hype. First up, we got Thou NFT. Check this one out. All right, we are back here at the... It works, I'm telling you, this works really well. Uh, we're back here at the block party. 
Uh, I'd love if you could introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Pal. I'm a 101 NFT artist. And tell us a little bit about your project. I'm going to link everybody up to this uh, when you guys see the show. I'll show you some of the cool shit she's doing. So I have a couple collections. I have seven total. Um, three of them are sold out. And my current one I'm working on, um, I combine my love of animals and my signature ladies. And you guys got to see this. It's absolutely stunning artwork. And uh, what, what, who or what got you into the NFT world? Was there like one artist? So I started off on Etsy. I did, you know, custom family pet portraits. And then I ventured, somebody told me about NFTs. And so I did my research and I, something just clicked. Like a light bulb went out. I was like, I'd be crazy not to get into this. Like this is genius. Like this is gonna be groundbreaking. And so I I did a shit ton of research and I just jumped in. I literally jumped in. Would you say that NFTs have changed your life? It changed my life. I mean, I'm at VCon right now. Oh wow. And how how has Gary V influenced your view, perspective, and strategy in the world of NFTs? Um honestly, he's what he does for other people. And what he says, he's, he has a way of condensing things to make it digestible for you. You know, it's it's like just gems, drops of wisdom. And um, so he supported Sarah Bauman from Woman and Weapons. And then she supported me. All it takes is one person believing you in the space. And that's how it happened. And it, it came full circle. And now I'm here at VCon. That is incredible. And where can folks find you? Where can they find your art? So I'm on OpenSea and Foundation. And say that name again so everyone knows where to find it. So my Twitter is Pao, T-H-A-O underscore NFT. And where can they find you on OpenSea? On OpenSea, at, look at my name on Twitter. It has my link tree. It has all my links and everything. And you can find that. Who are you most excited to, who are you most excited to hear speak at VCon? Oh my, uh, obviously Gary V and Randy Zuckerberg, because she she's actually someone who purchased from me. So she has one of my pieces. So I'm really excited to see her speak and, and, and meet her for the first time. And how old are your kids? 14 and 7. And what do they think about their mom uh, being a badass NFT creator? They're like so proud. They say, oh yeah, my mom's, a, she's an NFT artist. She's off, you know, like going to work. <laughs> are you the cool, are you the coolest parent in their school? I would have to say so. I think so. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Enjoy the conference. Thank you. While sitting in a car. Uh, all right, what's up, everybody? We are at the uh, the block party here, and I'm in with my dude. Jefferson. And where are you from? I'm from San Fernando Valley. And what brings you out to VCon? I'm out here to take an adventure. And uh, tell us about your own V Friends collection, V1, V2. What do you got? What are you holding on to in your wallet? Right now, the only thing I have in my wallet is a VCon ticket. So you do not have a V friends, but what 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 I have you? Say that. <laughs> uh, what brought, so, but what is it about this community that said, you know what, I'm gonna get on a plane from Los Angeles to come all the way out to Minnesota and check this shit out? Um, I like going on adventures. It's not the first time I've done something like this. Nice man. And um, I'm assuming you took a look at the lineup. Uh, who are you looking forward to seeing speak? No, you didn't. I did not take a look at. No, the but that's part of the that's part of the adventure, man. Right. right. Let it go. Uh, I guess, like, I'll take it as it comes. I guess, right? I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure they'll ha they'll have like gems in there, though. Information, thoughts, some information of some kind. Well, I think you're gonna learn a lot, man. Well, listen. Good luck and enjoy it. Thank you. I appreciate it. And next, I caught up with Sticks, A.K.A. Stephen Majikowski. I definitely butchered his name on that one, but he's awesome. An artist out of L.A. to talk about his projects, how Web three is changing, and how he's able to create 
and who he's looking forward to seeing and hopefully catching up with him. I'm with my man Sticks. Sticks, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do best, man. Um, yeah, man, my name's Sticks. Uh, real name Steven Machieski. Everybody calls me Sticks from the Bay Area. Um, I went to college for fine art, and now I'm just doing graphic design. I work with a lot of cool festivals, and uh, now I'm kind of tapped in with the NFT community. And uh, yeah, I'm helping out with the Subducks team and uh, doing creative for them, and we're going to be pushing a lot of dope merch. And yeah, man, I just like to draw cool shit and design and just create, constantly creating. Did you, did you ever think in your wildest dreams when you started, well, first, let me ask you this, how old were you when you first started drawing and doodling and, and being creative? Since I can remember, I, I was always like, always loved drawing um, as a kid and then went to graduate, oh, I went to high school, I was doing a lot of art there, I was in studio art classes and it just kind of like turned into a job. I was getting paid money to draw shit for people and then I went to college for it and then just turned into a full-time job and now I'm just, yeah, rolling with it. It's been about a little bit over a decade now. I love it. And what was your first venture into the NFT space? Tell us a little bit about your first experience. Were you scared, intimidated, excited? What was that all about? How that first? Uh, we, we talk a lot about everyone's first sight, right? I think now the conversation around your first sight with NFTs. Nah, for sure. I, I definitely was skeptical. I, I didn't understand it. I still feel like I don't under, fully understand it. But um, I was skeptical in the beginning. Um, and a good friend of mine, Tyler, who's also from the Bay Area, um, he kept he's he runs all like the social and branding. He's like the face of Subducks, and he kept telling me, "Man, you gotta you gotta come through. Like your art is just too good. You you blend right in with the team. So just come rock with us, try it out, do a little trial run, design some cool shit, and if you fuck with us, keep rocking." So I was definitely skeptical in the beginning, and now that I have more of an understanding of everything and how NFTs work, and I got a sense of the community here. The community is so tight here, bro. It's it's insane. Like I mean, just look around, look around, look around. It's look nothing right now, but man. support. It's insanity. Everybody like is just a fan of each other, and there's no hate, there's no negativity. Everybody's just like real positive, and that's exactly what I'm looking for in, in the stage of my career. Did you know about when, when did you first learn about Gary V? God, just on social media, I kept seeing him pop up everywhere. I'm like, who is this dude? Like, is he a motivational speaker? Like, is he a podcast podcast guy? Is he a YouTuber? Like, it was a while ago, probably like 2016, I first started started seeing him pop up. But uh, it's crazy to be here, man. This event is insane. Do you, do you have any V friends in your collection? I don't. I don't. What? What are you doing here? I just bought. So I have like a total of like six NFTs. I got three astronauts, three uh, Valfreys, and then uh, I just bought my first sub duck. I've been waiting on it for a while, but I finally just bought my first sub duck yesterday. I love it, man. Who are you excited to uh, hear speak at the conference? Well, Kevin Smith was just there. That was crazy. I gotta go find um, him. I want to see Pharrell really bad. I want to go tap in with him. Um, and definitely just Gary Vee, of course. Good stuff, man. Where can folks find you? Where can they find your art? Yeah, my artwork's on my Instagram. It's Sticks, S-T-I-X. Um, I'm not really on Twitter, but my, my uh, website is Work With Sticks. And, uh, yeah, I do everything for Rolling Loud, Soul Bloom, Lost in Rhythm, Kehlani, Subducks. So you'll see me around. Good stuff, Sticks. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate you, bro. One of the wonderful things about events like this is the organic coming together of incredible people connected by common threads. And our eventual all-weekend crew assembled at the end of the kickoff, and we walked over to Manny's Steakhouse for a fantastic dinner. And I thought, what better time than now to pull out my mic? 
So sitting to my right was my soon-to-be weekend best friend, accomplished artist Blake Jameson, and his girlfriend Meg Zaney, an LA-based street-turned-NFT artist. And across from me was my other new bestie, Jen Styles, VP and head of comms at one of our fantastic sponsor for this episode and the next one. And I handed over the controls to Jen as she interviewed Meg, who gave us an insider look at a creator quite literally being liberated from our corporate nine to five by the power of NFTs. Check this one out. What are you working on? I probably have four different NFT projects happening right now. The first is my Genesis collection, which is my art over the last six years that happened all around the world. I have 360 photos whittled down from 50,000 photos. I mean, five zero comma. What was that process like? I was probably up for 36 hours thumbing through my iPhone of just whittling shit out. It was by city. It was by month. It was just, yeah. So I have 30 folders. What's your favorite city to produce street art? That's really hard. That is a very, very hard question. I have, so I can, I mean, the one that pops up in my head is, is Lyon, France, which is nowhere anyone has ever heard of. But that piece that I put up probably got photographed more than any of my other pieces. We're now going to pause for a play change here on the podcast. This is the podcast halftime play change. And we get back to Megan Jen. <laughs> so that was, that was me paired with so I always do like sayings paired with lively images one was like me in a you know with a spray can and it says you were the victim of your own rules which I believe that we all set up our own rules and we abide by all of them and so yeah I mean I can lay seven other pictures or, or favorite places that I've had but we'll just we'll just let that one fly is my favorite tonight so, all right, talk to me about being a female artist in not only the street art space, but the NFT space. For sure. The, you know, it was really hard because when I started hitting the streets, I was fully anonymous. And that was a really big thing was like, okay, do I want to keep being anonymous? She said, why are you anonymous? I was anonymous because... I liked the idea of having notoriety based off of my art alone. And then there was something that switched in my head where I was like, I have to hit the streets for not only the fact that I'm a woman doing badass shit, but other women do badass shit together. And so that was a light switch where I was all in for myself and for women as a collective and has it done me a service or a disservice we don't really know yet we're still fighting this fight so wh where was your first anonymous street art experience and were you scared I don't really have a lot of fear I was super pumped on the adrenaline rush I think um, it was downtown LA in the arts district it was someplace that I had always ridden my bike because I lived downtown and I knew what spot I wanted to hit I knew what three spots I wanted to hit that night oh yeah I, I just already knew it's, it's been in my blood for a very long time like street art has been in my blood for 
forever, I would say. Well, I was a fan much more than I was, you know, someone that was like, oh, I'm gonna do street art. Like that, that wasn't a thing until I met another street artist and they were like, oh wait, but you like street art, you do art. Why aren't you in the streets? And I was like, I'm just not good enough, I don't know. And they're like, fuck that, like get in the streets. What helped you flip the switch and change your narrative? I wanted it. I was working in the corporate world. I hated it. I was searching for a job change. And uh, and it was a, my, my fellow artist friend who was like, yeah, get after it. Like, do it. And I, I that was my, my main goal through that transition, through that lull, through that, like, being in the gutter of life I was like well fuck it any door that opens up I'm gonna throw myself through it and I did and then that's when I hit the streets for the very first time my piece the first piece I did was four feet by eight feet and the person that I was with was like wait inches I was like no Ah, beautiful I'm I, I like I'm so inspired by you and I can't wait to watch her what's next what's next for meg there's a lot of nfts um there, i mean yeah it's just it's art all day there's there's so much going on yeah i know you, I know you have an exciting project so everybody better stay tuned thank you thanks jen and now for our main course the next new V friend we ran into was Mike O'Day from one of my favorite project, Knights of Degen, and he is on the round table there. And someone that I had a chance to hang out with the night before and all weekend long, quickly aligned with him, and he's freaking awesome. I can't wait to see him and hang with him in New York NFT week coming up soon. And he really blurs the lines between the creative and the business spaces. And he did me a solid of putting me on to our next guest. I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Here's my chat with Mike. For those who know, I am involved lately with the uh, Knights of D-Gen with my buddy Drew Austin and I have another are you on the round table? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, Mike O'Day um, do a little bit of everything mi mixing the creativity and business and technology, that's why NFTs are so amazing home for me because it's like it's just, it's the best, it's it's the best of both things. Yeah, it's like I, I have such range of, of kind of where I contribute and what I lean into So, What was your first NFT that you purchased? Uh, bonds, uh, Zen FT, bond, the bonsai project. Uh, I still love it. It'll, it'll run at some point. It's like, it's, it's, oh. been, it's like, it's been like point one, just like forever. Like it was like, it was like right before, I think it was maybe like a month before Bored Apes. And it's, it's like, it's funny because it's like the same crew who like kind of leaned in and bought like that project, bought like, bonsai project and then like one runs and one doesn't it's like it's dope it's, it's like it's an ar it was it's an ar focused like art right and it's it's cool i love it they're, they're still they, they, they've still been building over the course of this year even without like crazy running right so i love projects like that well the thing i love most about uh nights is utility and people throw the word utility around all the time i mean i personally don't think every project has to be utility especially if it's like real art like one-on-ones doesn't need utility people sure. collect that the too art is the utility. right but nights nights utility we talk about I mean, you're literally wearing your your dgen football team shirt here which is the craziest tell everyone who's not really familiar with the fan control football league is and how knights got involved yeah so so we've kind of built out a structure to have like different pods, different different committees, different like project kind of within this overarching ecosystem. And one of which is like fan control football. So it's a startup football league. Um, it has a, some really, really awesome people involved. Some former NFL players, Johnny Manziel, 
Rumors Mike Vick's playing next week. What? Uh, yeah, that just dropped yesterday. <laughs> uh, Alpha right here on the podcast. There's, there's a handful of other like NFL players, but it's like high quality football, seven on seven, where the fans pick the plays. So it's like like and then there's there's NFTs involved in the league. It's kind of like um, like the ownership <laughs> level of uh, of who, who who controls the team. How do you how do you draft the players? Because there's weekly drafts too. So it's like just very interactive. Well, that's what that's what's so crazy too. The fans call the plays. I want everyone to check this out. This special VCon coverage episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at OneOf. Deeply committed to a sustainable blockchain future, OneOf is an NFT platform that supports NFTs on multiple energy-efficient blockchains to create sustainable, creator, and fan-friendly experiences. Minting an NFT on OneOf's platform uses up to 2 million times less energy than proof-of-networks, and for its users, purchasing NFTs costs $0 in blockchain gas fees. One of aims to bring the next 100 million non-crypto native fans into Web3 by removing the technical frictions and allowing fans to pay for their NFTs with credit and debit cards, as well as all major cryptocurrencies. Committed to diversity, over 80% of the collections featured on OneUp come from minority or female creators. In addition, OneUp donates portions of proceeds from every NFT collections to its artists and athlete partners' preferred charities. For more, please check out oneof.com. Thanks. Mike, who are you excited to hear speak this? Or who, who, who kind of, who did you find this weekend? Who got you excited? Somebody new. Mad Seas is an artist. He's not speaking, but he's amazing. He just walked by us, but he's, that's genuinely my answer. He's like, was someone you hanging I, out with us last night? Yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't familiar with him um, prior to this weekend. I, sh- I should be. He's, a, he's, he's legendary in the art space. And he's fucking cool uh, to hang out with. Dude, he's, he's like the dopest person. He's, he's just so, like fun and funny. And like, those are my, cool outfits. Those are, those are my favorite interactions is where, where people are like doing awesome things, but that's not why you want to connect with them and interact with them. They're just genuinely like it's, really good people. Like people say this shit all the time it's it, the gen, most of the like everyone i've met in this space is just nice and cool and generous and caring yeah and there's there's plenty of scummy people yeah. but what's great is like it's it's easy to filter out and then once you find people who are genuine and trying to build and, and help each other and work together and, and make an impact they kind of like find each other right so then then as you kind of get into that one group it's like then then in the groups where where it's it's those like-minded people near 100 percent of people are are like that in in those pockets but like this web3 space i mean i i've pre-nft stuff pre-web3 stuff i I was pretty deep in a lot of different industries right like i was consulting for like early stage companies that's what i loved and like all different types of businesses and, and from frontier tech stuff to like like deep fashion to media, sports, um, health and wellness, law, finance, like like You're in, and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, and and I've never met a space of people that is like this helpful, this exciting, this awesome. Smart. Like friendships are being made, and all the smartest people I know from all those other worlds have like found themselves here now, now working on stuff. And, but it's interesting too. Like I think another word that people throw around is community. It's like a fucking buzzword du jour. Um, again, like. What are your what's your take on, on community? What really defines a true community? Yeah, I, I think like you, you you anchored to before on utility. It's like it's just easy to say, oh, utility, oh, community. But it's it's like a lot of times it's, it's empty and there's no substance behind it. Right. So like both those things, if they're real, are incredibly powerful. But most times people just throw it around and it's like. What's, what does that really mean? A lot of times in the NFT world, it's like people are like our community, but really the only thing that bonds them is like, hopefully this price goes up. But like, if you have some sort of shared interest, shared values, you, 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 like, you, you like conversing with people, friendships are being formed, you want to help each other, you want to see each other win, you, you like 
want to like work together and collaborate and, and be be cooperative with each other. That that's community, right? And it's, right. it's like it's like a place that you that you go for comfort or excitement or fun or learning and, and advancement and growth, whatever whatever that means to your given situation, right? Mike, final thought here. Um, what tip would you give for anybody who's looking to dip their toes into a project? Uh, they got their wallet set up. They got a little bit of ETH, some crypto in there. What advice would you give someone to, to really pick a project? Um, a, I think you can you could pick a project, and the first one you pick might not be the right one, right? But I think like trying to participate and, and understand, getting more context and just getting more experience and exposure, wherever that is, like you find a little thread of like, ooh, this is interesting, follow that, lean in, and like say, hey, how can I help? How can I be involved? And like you don't have to say that out loud, but like ask yourself that, and then it's like, ooh. This, like, it, you'll find you'll find your your home that like makes sense, right? So I, I think it doesn't have to be your, your first thing that you find, but just like keep searching and experiment and and, and figure out like your place because there, there's there's truly a place for everyone. And I think like in the vast landscape of the world and the internet, like I, I think it'll be easier and easier and easier for people to find their place where they can both like contribute and have fun. So I love it, Mike. Where can folks find you? Where can they connect with you? At it's Mike O'Day on Instagram and Twitter. I usually have to spell it out because it's actually like it's. So I'm like, when someone's like, what's your Instagram? I'm like, I-T-S, Mike O'Day. It's Mike O'Day, everybody. It is uh, quarter to three here in Minneapolis on day three. I feel good. I just had my Gary uh, mini interview. It was awesome. And uh, what's, your, what's your biggest takeaway from the week? Oh, geez. It's, there is a real energy. And people fucking say that's like... You feel it. You see it, especially in this room that we're in right now. We're down in the Coinbase Lounge underneath the stadium. I mean, it's a who's who. It's like a fucking all-star game of Web3 down here. Jimmy the Pencil's in the house over here. <laughs> Jimmy's a man. That's such a great game. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, really fun. Characters were certainly a theme at VCon, and none bigger and more eccentric in the best way. And a true artist, Mad Steez, a.k.a. Mark, another amazing member of our weekend crew. And we were able to grab him for a quick minute, and I was zonked at this point. So I said, Mike, you want to take the mic? Here you go, man. Why don't you have this chat with Mark? So here you go is a rare Paz fan-led interview. Mike O'Day and Mad Steez. Enjoy it. Hey, Mike O'Day here with Mad Steez. Mr. Mark, the legend himself. How you doing? How's your day been? Uh, day is awesome. Uh, we have been treating ourselves pretty nicely today. Uh, watched a couple of speakers. Just watched Baron Davis. Uh, big fan. Just met him too, which is super cool. Doing good. So you're you're somewhat of a icon in the art space, the old traditional art space. You've done some really really impressive, awesome things, and you're about to drop your first ever NFT collection. How do you feel about that trans- transition and like what kind of like led you to down that path to like, hey, now's the time to like make that happen? For me, so the, the project I'm dropping, a uh, PFP project, they're called the Weenimals. They were characters that I was creating in my fine art over 20 years ago. So for me, it felt like technology actually caught up to the art that I was creating. So you were the original PFP guy. I mean, I don't want to claim it, but it was, it was something... I was doing it subconsciously, so it was almost like I watched it, I embraced the culture, I bought NFTs, I've traded NFTs, so it's like a, it took maybe about a year for me just to like see what was happening. It's like, okay, now's the time. Like Now's the time to do, uh, you know, I just want to make dope shit. That's awesome, and I mean, it, it's admirable that you're like, that you have the platform that you do, and you're like, let's fucking rock in this new space, this new medium. Um, going back, like, like, 
to you starting to collect? Like, how did you kind of think about the space? What triggered in your mind where you're like, oh, this is significant, this is real, for you to even participate on, on that level, not as an artist, but just as a collector, as an enthusiast? For me, uh, Takashi Murakami brought me in. Uh, knowing he's a traditional artist, I respect him. The, the Cologne X project, and I was like, oh, connected to Takashi, I actually really like the like 3D look. I was like, I want that. So for me, I almost felt like that was a perfect bridge because it was a fine artist mixed with, uh, you know, Web3 space. So it was perfect. And since I've had it, I think like keeps like, you know, times Xing, they're like airdropping stuff. Like, so it was, that's the best project I own is the first project I bought too. Amazing. Um, taking it back a bit to like y- your own like uh, journey. I love people's like Genesis, right? Like, now art is in, a little bit in vogue. Like someone's like, hey, I'm going to pursue art. It's like, oh, of course you are, because here's the past that we're going to do. You, rewinding like 25 years, like um, what What like led you to be like, have the confidence to be like, hey, this is a path that is actually like I can do. Uh, honestly, honestly, I'm scared as hell. The, the, there is the confidence. So for me, it's like, I feel like my art's great. The project's great. 25 years ago. Like oh, to be an artist? Yeah, yeah, Holy yeah. shit. I never did. So I it took me 10 years of being an actual artist, and that was my career to actually call myself an artist. It was embarrassing. Like, you're on a plane. So he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, I would never say artist. I'd say, like, graphic design or something. Because, like, there's no one's an artist. There's probably more professional athletes, like basketball players, football players, than an artist. So that was... 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah, back then. So, yeah, now everybody's an artist. So that was, like, for me, I remember the day that I said I was an artist... And I was like, motherfucker, I made it. Like, I made it. What was that day? Do you remember that moment? Oh, I remember that moment. I was on the plane. That's what I'm saying. And I was sitting next, I was sitting in business class. And this guy was, he just, he was a producer for The Matrix or something. And he's telling me about this. He's like, what do you do? I was like, I'm a motherfucking artist. <laughs> and like, he's like, sick, let's work together. And, and what gave you the confidence to do, to say that? Like, what, what was that moment that you, like, you definitely internalized that before you said it out loud, right? So was it something external that kind of no, happened? No, or, or? It, it was, it was spontaneous. It was like, my biggest fear is flying. So it's almost like, I think I'm going to die. And I was almost like, I wanted to like go down as an artist. And I remember there was like crazy turbulence. So I was like, Dude, if I'm going to die today, like I'm going out as an artist. So we just met yesterday, and I feel like we become fast friends. Um, what's like brothers in, hug in this in this journey that that you've had that that from the the limited stories I've heard is is super awesome. What's like like one of the more surprising like moments for you thinking back and you're like it just makes you smile. Uh, Bill Murray posed for me in the nude so I could paint his portrait. Wait 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 wait. Podcast exclusive. Say that again. Bill Murray posed for me in the nude so I could paint his portrait. I mean, you got to give us a little alpha on that. What was that like? Uh, so he has he has a hotline, like a 1-800 number. This is years ago. I've, I've been doing it for over 20 years. So he has a hotline. My friend, he shot him as a photographer, uh, had shot him. He's like, so there was a Bill Murray show going down in Los Angeles. And the theme was Bill Murray. And I was like, damn, I knew my friend just shot Bill. I was like, can I get him to pose for a portrait? And I thought it would be funny that he posed in the nude. So I got the phone number, left a message like, hey, Bill, this is Mad Steez. Uh, wonder if you could, like, pose nude just to, like, throw him off. You know, like, fuck, maybe he would. I, I didn't think he'd respond. It probably took about, like, five days. 
And I got a number, like a random number, I think it was like 619 of San Diego. And I knew he was from San Diego. And I had, like, nobody was calling me from San Diego. Answered it. And he's like, time, place, tell me where to be. And like, and I knew it was his voice, like instantly, instantly. So he hangs up the phone. He probably said four words, like just said all that shit, sent it. I'm there waiting in my studios in Costa Mesa, where my studio was then. And waiting to the time, he's basically like on the dot, gets there, comes in like a big SUV. He's driving himself, shows up in a purple robe, like, and I paint all purple, so it's kind of funny, like dark, dark maroon he purple. Did his re- he did his research. He did his research. <laughs> he walks in and he's like, I forgot, he's like, where's the bathroom or something? I, I didn't even say anything, like points to the bathroom, he walks in, comes out naked, has the thing like this. I probably took four actual photos of him, puts his shit on leaves. He didn't even say anything else, nothing. Did he respond to the final products? So, it ended up being on the news. I have photos, like, literally every news station, uh, there's, like, newscasters standing in front of it. He's naked, obviously. It's huge. It's, like, 10 foot by 5 feet. It's fucking thick gold frame. He was supposed to come. He knows about it, because I know his agent, something, whatever. But he's... He's, he's, he's elusive. Bill, Bill does what he wants yeah. to do. It'd be like, he, everyone said he was coming, he was going to come, but he didn't come. But he knows it exists. That is a really, really awesome story. And um, just just to wrap it up here, um, like let's bring it back to NFT and Web three stuff and stuff that you're doing forward. Like, what what are you what are you most excited about? Like, as you see how the space is evolving and opportunity for yourself and like other artists similar to you. Uh, for me, I'm excited for everyone to own my art. So that's why it's the number is eight thousand four hundred forty four. I make ten paintings a year. I make. 10 murals a year. So the access to Mart is very small. I do some prints, you know, it's like 100. So now 8,000 people can own my art. To me, that's huge. Everyone can own what I am. And now I feel like my art is me. And you is awesome. Like you're, you're just, you're full of joy and, and awesome energy. And here, everyone's seeing it. So um, we're feeling it and, and we're excited for more people to own it and be part of, of you and your art and what that means. Let's fucking go. Hey guys, so it is, what time is it now? It is 8.30 in the morning, we're about an hour away, and I'm with two podcast alumni, Heather Parody and... Andy Storch, and Andy is rocking his... What are you rocking here? My gift goat hoodie. This was gift number two from Gary V. Look at that. Heather, why don't you have anything? I am rocking my Forever 21 uh, <laughs> denim jacket. Fire. I love it. And aside from Gary, who are you excited to hear speak today? Uh, I want to see, I'm, I'm excited to see Jim Quick, who's on early. And I want to see Tom Bilyeu and see what he has to say. I don't know if he's today, but uh, he's definitely up there. What about you, Heather? Deepak Chopra. I cannot wait to get my meditation and zen on him here. And I, and I love that there's a mix between Web3 and kind of entrepreneurial, inspirational, motivational. The curation is awesome here. Uh, how was that mansion party last night? The mansion party was really cool. Uh, high end. Lots of great, great people there. I mean, the people we talked to, so like kind and connecting and just like supportive it was, it was really fun heather what are your observations of the uh crowd so far i'm just here for the food um <laughs> but it's been good people are all right i'm here for the free muffins all right day one here we go and now to our main event i was fortunate to have a proper interview with scott lowen the CEO over at Candy Digital, one of the core sponsors. And they have major partnerships with the major sports league and some other super cool projects. I enjoyed our candid conversation about NFTs, Web3, and hiring in this new frontier. Without further ado, CEO of Candy Digital, Scott Lowen. 
Good morning, everybody. It is day three, I think, and uh, I apologize in advance for my voice. I've been screaming, yelling, having a good time here, but we're starting the day off with the CEO of Candy Digital, Scott Lowen. Scott, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great, Adam. Thanks so much. I think you're doing a little bit better than me today, who's trying to get my voice back, considering this is what I'm here for. So all my listeners, you'll just have to deal with it today. Scott uh, and his team have built a pretty incredible activation here. We'll take some pictures later. We'll link it up when we do the show. Tell us a little bit about Candy, what you guys do. So Candy Digital, next generation digital collectibles company. Uh, we started Candy about a year and a half ago. Uh, Gary V, uh, Mike Novogratz from Galaxy Digital, and Michael Rubin are our, were our founding board members. The idea of Candy was really to bring the next generation of collectibles to everyday fans. Um, we are the official partner of Major League Baseball, of NASCAR racing teams, of WWE, uh, and we recently announced our new partnership with Getty Images. And so we're super excited about the future of Web3 and, and blockchain and NFTs. And we're focused on uh, taking that technology to the everyday fan and consumer. I absolutely love it. I grew up as a huge baseball card fan. I'm a huge Mets fan. I love collecting baseball cards. And there was a lull. I mean, I am not to date myself. I was born in the <laughs> 79. So I, I was in that golden era of baseball card collecting and then it kind of faded a bit. Is this the golden renaissance of collectibles? It's a great question. I think we're at the early days of the next generation of collectibles. Just, just like you, me, myself and everyone at the company, we're all fans and collectors, right? We grew up the same way, whether it's sports cards, whether it's artwork, whether it's uh, He-Man action figures, everybody has a passion about some content, some story. And so what we're super excited about at Candy is using the technology, using NFTs, certainly to create the next generation of collectibles that will be valuable over time, but really to, to, to create things that connect people to the stories that they love, right? Being a collector is about your identity as a fan. It's about your connection to that community. It's about your passion. And that's what we're focused on at Candy. That's absolutely tremendous. Um, how'd you guys get hooked up with Gary? So um, when we put the business together, we kind of came, came at it from the blockchain side. We said, okay, we see the world of cryptocurrency and DeFi. We see this path to a future of decentralized ownership and, um, and, and the future of money. What is really the way that we're going to get there? And when we look at the existing technology, um, you know, as amazing as it is, it's still challenging to set up a, uh, set up a digital wallet. It's still confusing to people to decide how do I fund that with crypto. It's education, exactly. And so we said, listen, we're going to put a business together to focus on uh, consumers, to focus in the sports space, billions of fan customers, passionate fans, a sports collectibles business. And who are the people that own that space, right? So if you think about Gary, Gary has been the man, right? In for, his whole, for his whole life, that's how he started selling baseball cards. Exactly, in, in, in the card business, he was early to understand the power and the potential of NFTs, and so it was natural to reach out to him. And you know, when we when we gave him the thesis of what we were doing, he was super stoked. And, and that's incredible. Um, who who are your prime customers these days from an age and demographic standpoint? So we think about our customers kind of three different categories. We think about uh, obviously the crypto native community, right? We're bringing them their passion for Web3 and their passion for sports and entertainment, and that's Nirvana. They're our core customers. 
We then think about kind of our digital native community, millennials and Gen Zs to make it easy, right? You know, they're already on this digital journey, whether they own a, a crypto asset or not, this is where the world is going for them. And so we're kind of meeting them where they're at. And then our third customer base is the everyday fan, right? And for most of those folks, this is their first experience with the world of Web3, right? They're buying an NFT um, and, you know, they're just learning about this whole world. So when we break that down, you know, our customer base skews younger, it skews more male, right? So call it 18 to 36, um, but it's diverse. We've, we've got a lot of women, we have people of color who are, who are a part of it. And ultimately we want to extend this to every fan. And what are you guys doing initiative-wise to bring in the younger generation, the future collectors, uh, reinvigorating, maybe tapping into their parents' love and passion? I mean, what's the plan there to bring in the next generation of collectors? So it's really about education, as you said. Um, you know, we, uh, we're we going directly to the fans at the stadium now. We just launched uh, a new product, which is our digital ticket product. So starting with the Cubs this week, Chicago Cubs, every fan that goes to a Cubs game will get a free digital commemorative ticket, right? And so that, that cuts across every single fan. It's funny, I'm a huge Mets fan, but Wrigley's on my list of stadiums that I need to get to. Uh, what would you say is the biggest challenge hurdle right now from, from your CEO point of view um, in NFT adoption? I think it's really about helping people understand that this isn't just about uh, pulling a digital lottery ticket, right? It's, it really is about connecting people to their team, their player, their sport, their community in a way that enhances that experience. And so, for example, our uh, collectible card product, which we call our icons, that's a MLB player-based card has dynamic statistics. So if, awesome. you, if you're a Fernando Tatis fan, every time you open up your icon, his batting average, his home runs, his base is stolen update, right? Well, unless he's on the injured list like he is a lot, right? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, it kind of stays stagnant for a little bit. No, we love you. But, but, but that's the idea, <laughs> yeah, right? Is that, you know, the, that these assets, um, you know, certainly they're, they're great collectibles that represent the things you love but they also have real utility and value in different ways. Well, it's interesting too, you bring up the word utility and I think utility is subjective. I believe that not every project has to have a utility, but when the word utility gets thrown a lot around a lot, how do you define utility? So we, we think about, uh, you know, to break it down simply is there's value exchange in buying something. Doesn't matter if it's an NFT, doesn't matter if it's a t-shirt, whatever it is. Sometimes that's economic value exchange, sometimes that's entertainment value, sometimes that's community value, and sometimes that's just personal and emotional value all those things become utility, right? It doesn't mean that it has to necessarily get you into a private Discord server or, you know, win you tickets to the game. Right. People define utility in different ways. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. And uh, to get a little bit personal, tell us about your own NFT collection. What do you, what are, what is, what's in your wallet? Wait, am I allowed to say that? Was that Discover card? Who did that? What's in your wallet, Scott? <laughs> well, my, my background tends to be, well, I'm a huge sports fan. It tends to be more art-based. Uh, so I come from kind of an art community, in particular sort of street art and photography. And so mo most of the NFTs that I've collected, certainly I, I own everything from candy and, and other things in the sports space, um, but it tends to be focused more around the artists that I've loved and followed and kind of their journey into Web3. Let's get a little alpha here. Who, who, who are you following right now that's super hot from a street art perspective in the NFT world? 
Wow. Um, you know, it's early days, but I would say uh, Ad Fuel is one of my favorite artists. He's a, uh, a Portuguese artist, just did a, a great NFT version of, of his work. Vils is another great artist in the space. Mad C is putting a new generative art collection out through Henny. So there's a lot of great stuff happening. And, and, and a side note, too, um, Portugal has some of the best street art in the entire world. I urge everybody uh, to get out there. Take a little, uh, little curveball, a little different direction here. How has hiring been for you specifically for the Web3 roles versus, listen, you're, you're an experienced executive. You've hired for many years and interviewed. How has that changed when it comes to a lot of these Web3 roles? Well, so, you know, when you build a new business, the first thing you'd say is like, OK, how do we find people who've been doing this for 10 years? Um, that, that doesn't exist. Right? No, 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 no. There's no experts in this space. Solidity, Rust, whatever you're building, are your smart contracts. But there are transferable skills, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, not to, to use an overused meme, right? We're looking for great athletes. And so what we find is we're super fortunate to find people who have great experience in, in their careers in their space, not necessarily in Web3, but are excited about it, are curious, approach their work with integrity and want to build together in the future. And so, you know, we think about our customer base, you know, the, the sports cuts across every demographic, right? Gender, race, creed, religion, belief, whatever it is. And so we think that our team at Candy to do our job well, we need to build a team that represents all those opinions and all those experiences. And so we've been really, really lucky to find people who aren't Web3 experts yet, but are early in the space, super excited to build and want to create a new brand. And, and, and that's really the right attitude here. And any company that's really trying to find the experts, they're gonna have a hard time of it. Um, what's a go-to kind of top secret Scott Lowe interview question? Let's get some real alpha here and drive some, like what's your what's your go-to? Listen, by the time someone gets to you, in most cases, they have the skill set, the experience, and they're coming to you to make sure that they're they're not an asshole. But how do you, how do you determine that? Um, you know, what, what I, my, my, my key question is just asking people like, what is their passion, right? Because you can't be in this space unless you're passionate about something. Like it doesn't matter to me if you have a particular NFT project that you're passionate about. I just want to know what gets people excited because people do their best work when they're really passionate about something, right? When it doesn't feel like work. And, and so that's, that, that's what I look for. That's that's absolutely awesome. So aside from Gary Vee, who are you excited to hear speak this weekend? Listen, I'm excited to hear uh, from Guy Osiri. I, you know, I, I love, you know, obviously what he's been doing in the space and sort of his vision for, um, you know, what's been happening with Yuga. Uh, I was uh, excited yesterday to, you know, to hear Steve Aoki. You know, we're, we're good friends with Steve. I think Steve is at a really, you know, fascinating nexus of art and music and collectibles, right? He brings a lot of passion and a lot of experience to the and community to the space. Um, you know, I'm uh, Deepak Chopra, uh, you know, is, uh, is an incredible guy. I'd love to, you know, I'm excited to kind of hear about how he thinks uh, about what's happening in this whole world. That's fantastic. Scott, summer plans? Summer plans, working man. You know, this is, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're in the building phase now, right? Um, you know, this sort of reset in the market, I think gives us all an opportunity to kind of, you know, reset a little bit, focus on what's next. And, you know, for companies like Candy, you know, we actually view this as a good thing. Thing, you know, things are, get, are getting a little crazy. Um, you know, we, we yeah, we, we haven't been building for the next six months. We've been building for the next 10 years. And so that's what we're focused on. Well, that's interesting. I wasn't even planning on talking about it, but you brought it up. Um, do you think a lot of companies were reactionary and kind of binge on spending during the during the bubble and now it's coming to kick them in the ass? 
Listen, I've been saying for the last nine months, particularly in the sports space, what we were seeing didn't make a lot of sense. Um, you know, the, the deals that were getting done, the economics that were getting thrown around, uh, incredibly competitive, uh, you know, at, at a level that was hard to justify. And so, but that said, I said, I could be wrong. I, I don't know. Um, could be, could be something. It could be probably nothing, right? It, exactly. And so, you know, we have been conservative in our approach because we just know that, you know, we're a hundred percent convinced on where the world is going. Um, but we think it's going to take time and we, and we think you have to approach the everyday customer and the everyday fan the right way. You, you just you just can't dump stuff on them. That's tremendous. And Scott, last but not least, what is the single greatest piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on daily? It could be a mantra or something when you wake up in the morning. Uh, you know, again, this is this is one that isn't too revolutionary, but it's uh, just be your authentic self. And I'll tell you, in, in my career, uh, I've gone through times where I thought I needed to be somebody else, right, to, to do the job or to get the deal. And nine times out of 10, that doesn't work. It might work in the short term. It doesn't work in the long term. And so best piece of advice is just be who you are, right? Focus on the things you care about, the things you're excited about. Um, and, and that works out in the long time every time. I love it, Scott. Thanks so much for joining me. Everyone check out Candy Digital. And that will wrap up the first part of my exclusive podcast coverage. Make sure you tune into part two as I introduce you to what Friends is all about. And be sure to check out pictures from the event on my Insta at NHP Talent. Thank you so much for joining us. And you know where to find out more at thepodcast.com. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon jam-packed with more incredible humans thank you for listening subscribing and sharing to join the conversation search the podcast on linkedin and to catch up on past episodes and more info please visit www.thepausecast.com